1: everyone, and welcome to an emergency episode of the Battery Power Podcast. My name is Brad Roland. I am usually joined by either Scott Coleman or Eric Cole on this podcast feed, but we're throwing it back a little bit to the old days when I launched this podcast alongside Carlos Colazzo. On a few occasions, I've been solo in this space, and uh, we're actually recording this. And I say, wait, it's really just me, by myself. I am taking one for the team. Everybody's watching the game. It's the biggest game of the season for the Braves right now. I do have it on in front of me. I'll try not to get too distracted by the game itself, but it is Friday. September 30th, and we're coming to you live here at about 8 15 PM Eastern time after drawing some notes down. I'm going sort of lo-fi, old school, kind of similar to my friend Stephen Godfrey, who hosts a solo show called The Single Wing on the Split Zone Duo podcast. He is more of a monologuer in the way that I'm about to be. Also a Brace fan. Shouts to Godfrey. Might be listening to this podcast now. But uh, we're kind of just gonna wing it here a little bit. And uh, I do I do host a Hawk show solo most of the time, so I'm a little bit familiar with this, but it's been a while. If you're a new Braves fan, you may not have heard me do a solo show before, and we're here. And by the way, I promise you, we're going to have more coverage of what I'm about to talk about now, as well as the entire Met series, and more, both from the Daily Hammer with Sean Coleman on this same podcast feed, as well as with the flagship show that I will co-host on Sunday evening this week. But one more time, it's Friday, September 30th, and the Braves made a uh, pretty on-brand Braves announcement on Friday evening. There was no lead-up, there was no reporting, and the Braves just announced that they had given and agreed to a $20 million extension for the 2023 season with Charlie Morton. It's a club option for $20 million the following year for Morton with no buyout on the team side. That is the important detail to point out there as well as a key piece of background information the Braves already had a 20 million dollar club option for Morton for 2023 if they wanted to exercise that so that was uh, maybe not something I was assuming was definitely going to happen but it was definitely in play and I thought kind of all along the Braves might be keeping Morton on that on that option but this time around they chose to give him an extension instead and they could have also offered him a qualifying offer if they wanted to sort of decline that that option and offer him some some other way so Basically, the timing on this is a little bit strange. We'll come back to that in a second. It's also a vote of confidence for a guy in Morton who is 38 years old. It seems like uh, he'll be retiring as a member of the Braves at this point in time. I think that maybe the the competition for Morton in the offseason this this year might have been Braves versus retirement, as it kind of maybe might have been before this as well. But those are the particulars for right now. I'm going to zoom out a little bit and tell you that I had two reactions to this deal when it came across my timeline on Twitter. One of them was that I thought it was a totally fine move. Now, I did not do cartwheels. You'll hear me in a second talk about why I don't think this deal was bad at all for the Braves. I think most of the reaction was not the same way that I felt, but I thought it was totally fine. I was not celebrating. This is not one of those absolute no-brainer heist moves that the Braves have done in the recent past with Ozzy especially as the number one option, Ronald Acuna. Even the austin Riley deal was universally praised, mostly across baseball circles. Uh, This is one of those deals that's not quite as black and white as that, but I thought it was totally fine, and I'll leave with that. Now, the other one was that I knew, deep down in my soul, that a lot of fans were not going to like this deal. And by the way, that is already proven to be true based on Twitter reactions, based on people that were uh, getting mad at me for pointing out that I thought it was fine, etc. And look, I do get it. This is one of those deals where I don't blame people at all for being a little bit uh, apprehensive. I do think that some of the reactions I saw were pretty silly. I think a lot of it's been knee-jerk in some ways because of Morton's performance this season. We'll come back to that as well. But basically, my overall take, and we'll come back to this, is that I think it's generally fine, even if a lot of the reaction has been a little bit more negative. So if you're a long-time listener, you you may know this about me already, but in case you don't, I'll tell you this now. I am not a podcast host or a writer that is going to just paint the rosy picture all the time i'm not a company man in that way if i disagree with the braves i will tell you that on this podcast or if i will write that or i will tweet that even if I know people get mad at me about some stuff that I say, and that's more the case in previous years, but I think it's been a little bit less so recently because the Braves won the World Series last year. I wasn't too much to complain about, but that's a big part of the gig in my mind. And another thing is that I, t- I tend to be much less emotional and topsy-turvy on player analysis over small sample sizes than mo- other people. I think maybe it has to do with covering sports in a professional way for several years. It is it is a job for me in some ways. Um, but especially in baseball, I just cannot be in the headspace to be all the like violent up and downs and emotional swings over the course of the record season in particular and with players that have track records like that has kind of led me to be kind of hilariously and it's been it's been kind of a meme recently even to be the resident defender of people like Will Smith uh, who obviously that worked out well in the playoffs last year but even like Drew Smiley or most recently Jake Odorizzi not saying that they're awesome but just kind of defending them and like the reactions being a little bit too far on some of this stuff And just kind of point out, like, track records do matter, and not everything is terrible, and not everything is great. And sometimes it's just like a boring plug-and-play kind of thing. And that brings us to Charlie Morton and some of the reactions about him this season. I talked about Morton, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you would have heard it on the most recent flagship show with myself and my co-host Scott Coleman on Sunday. We talked about Morton a lot, because some of the reactions were pretty swift then. Uh, I won't repeat it all, but my thesis is definitely that there has been way too much negativity about the pitcher that Morton's been all year. That does not mean he's been awesome. He hasn't. He's not been as good as he was two years ago. Uh, He has not been a Cy Young candidate. He's been their fourth best pitcher this year. All of that is true. Um, At the same time, He's coming off of a broken leg, suffered in the World Series. He had a really, really, really bad April because he was kind of delayed coming back. And if you take that out, which you can't do, and I, I would certainly acknowledge that, but if you, if you were to take out April, he's had a pretty decent season. He's not been fantastic, but he's been fine. Also, he's been pretty unlucky with home runs this year in a way that he has not been previously. And part of that might be age. That's part of the risk of having a 38-year-old guy is that any decline, you could probably explain away except for the fact that it might just be he's a little bit worse now at age, at age 38. It is true that Morton's ERA is in the low fours, and that's not great by any means. Now, he does have better underlying data than that, including a 2 struck strikeout season, and that's pretty impressive in some ways, but the actual run prevention could be better. I think even the Braves would probably admit that they wish he'd been a little bit better on the whole this season. And with that said, though, I'm recording this on this Friday, and he accounts for 1.6 fan war and 1.8 baseball reference war this season. Is that great? No, it's not. But it's like a $14 million pitcher, something like that. That's pretty decent context. Clearly, he's making $20 million this year. So that's not like an apples to apples fantastic comparison. But if you're asking me right now, you know, whether I'm sure, like, why that would be a good thing, it's like, I don't know. It's a fair question, like, why you would be celebrating a pitcher who has, quote, underperformed his dollar amount this year. There's a lot of play, a lot of stuff in play here. Number one, I'm not celebrating it necessarily. I think he's just been kind of fine. Um, but one of those things is that I, I kind of always assumed Morton was going to be back on that extension. Um, sorry, on that club option for next year, unless he retired or got hurt down the stretch. They obviously like Charlie Morton. There's a veteran aspect of him. There's a plug-and-play aspect of him. Um, there's also, uh, at least for this front office, and I think I agree with this overall, that Having the one-year commitment compared to a long-term four-, five-, six-year deal for a more high-priced pitcher, Anthopolis and this front office have really seemed to like the shorter deals for especially older veteran players. Um, And while, yes, there are probably going to be guys available that they maybe could break the bank for and upgrade on Charlie Morton. But in general, Anthopolis has done an amazing job at the helm of the Braves. He does have his own tendencies, though. One of them, again, is giving out short contracts, one-year deals for veteran starting pitchers, and that falls in this category. Another one of those, by the way, just to kind of explain what I'm talking about, is that Alex really tends to like, apparently, like, high-priced closers. He's now paid Will Smith, Kelly Jansen, and traded for Rysell Iglesias on huge contracts in a short period of time. That's one of the things that he likes to do as well. So... If you maybe bet on whether Morton was actually quote-unquote worth $20 million next year, the smart bet on that is probably to say no, albeit slightly. So that's not great, and I do get that. But again, part of that trade off is that you're only paying it for one year. Um, at the same time, also, I would point out to you, and this is important context, that the Braves' top three starters, Max Free, Kyle Wright, Spencer Strider, are making very little money, and that gives you a lot of flexibility. Also, we don't know what's going to happen with Marcelo Zuna this year, but the Braves have effectively paid Marcelo Zuna in the in the mid uh, mid a figure, let's say you know 15 plus million dollars this year to do very, very very little for them. Um, and that a lot of that flexibility comes from the fact that the Braves have so much cheap talent. Now they have uh, Strider, they have Harris making very little money. of course they still have Ron Acuna and Ozzie Albies, and now Riley's locked in for very reasonable cost. Dansby was really cheap this year compared to what he's been doing, etc. So there's some flexibility to, to their roster construction. Now, uh, you know, the Braves were always going to acquire another starter or maybe even two this winter. I know there was a Jacob deGrom dream session from some Braves fans. That never felt likely to me, maybe possible, but not likely to me. And for what it's worth, Anthopolis has still never given out a big ticket starting pitcher deal ever he's paid money but only on one year deals like this one or whoever else is like you know all these veteran guys but he's never given out the multi-year big budget starting pitching deal and i'm not sure he's going to start now necessarily so that's important as well and like the upside on morton at 20 million dollars is not super high i do understand that i think it's just fine for one thing getting another club option is inherently a positive value thing for the Braves. You can argue certainly about how positive that actually is for a guy that could retire or struggle theoretically at the end of this coming season, but you would rather have a guy with a club option with no buyout than not have that. So if the options in the Braves' mind, and you might push back on this reality, but if the options were pick up the option for this year, the club option, or give him this deal and get the pretty much free club option for 2024, that you know the better of those options is having the club option. One more piece of context before we move on is that the Braves are absolutely printing money and have been for the last 2 years basically. It has to be said that $20 million has some sticker shock and I do get that. But $20 million is not what it used to be. Especially while like a lot of the reactions I saw were like dreaming about the other uses of $20 million, this is a 1 year deal and a lot of guys who are better than Charlie Morton to be fair are not going to sign 1 year deals. They're going to they're going to want They might want 20 plus million dollars, but they also want it over five years. And the Braves, even if they get exactly what Morton was this season, which I think is not a high-end outcome of this deal, uh, that is not a disaster. In fact, that's pretty much fine. Like it's a slight overpay, but still nothing crazy. Again, there's some sticker shock there. If it was $17 million, would people feel differently? I'm not really sure. But I do think it's interesting to see like what Morton might have pitched for next year. Um, But a big factor is that I kind of just don't worry about the Braves spending anymore, which is a big change for me. If you, if you know what the way that I've talked about this stuff for a long time, I was a vocal skeptic of ownership and their willingness to spend for years on this podcast. And they have not been holding back in that area in recent days. Now the Braves are not going to be spending like the Dodgers or the Yankees or anything like that, but this is not a move. I don't believe that is going to stop the Braves from doing anything else. Now, maybe they would have signed another starting pitcher who is similar to Morton for this kind of money. That's if you want to say that's doing something else Then sure. But I don't think that the Braves are going to be skimping on shortstop because they signed Charlie Morton. Now, if I'm wrong about that, I will reserve my right to change this stance. If it's clear in three months that they have for whatever reason, skimped elsewhere on the roster because of having Morton and Ozuna and whoever else on the roster at their numbers, that's a problem. And I'll say as much on this podcast But baseball is not a salary cap sport, and for years, people, including me, by the way, called for the Braves to spend more money to make the roster better, in part because it's not a salary cap sport. There is no impact other than if you have an artificial uh, constraint of your payroll from ownership. There is no reason to not spend money in baseball to make your team better, and the Braves are setting attendance records. The Braves won the World Series last year. They made a lot of extra money on that. They did spend more this year, to their credit. I think they could spend even more next year, and they probably should based on their attendance this year. So they're rolling in the money and uh, s- sort of shoring up a number, by the way, a number four starting pitcher spot right now after the big three at, the, at this point in time of Freed, Wright, and Strider is a pretty good use of that money. Now, again, they're probably overpaying him slightly, but again, that's kind of the cost of doing business for a one-year deal as well. And I don't think the Braves in their current form are too worried about $20 million for Morton versus $16, $16, $16 million from Morton. Now, perfect world. If you could pay Charlie Morton $14 million next year, would that probably help you? Sure it would, but he might have retired. And that's not the worst thing in the world, I guess. But I can tell you, like, without going through the entire list of free agents, yeah, there are guys better than Charlie Morton. But some of the names I was seeing thrown out there, like, A, are probably not better than Charlie Morton. And if they are, they're only better in a long-term sense, not a short-term sense. And, like, the safety of that, the guy they know, etc., I just don't... I don't mind it at all. I just don't. It's a hefty price for sure, but one-year deals are one-year deals. There's the famous um, idiom that uh, Eric Cole, my other co-host, shared on Twitter today of like, there's no bad year one-year deals. Like there can be a bad one-year deal. It's not impossible, but generally I, I agree with that. Like the one-year deal gives you a lot of leeway in some ways. So I will say this after being pretty positive on this show so far, there is one primary pushback that I have to this signing. And it's a lot of people that were voicing that on Twitter I guess back at me, and I agree with them, including my old friend and colleague and co-host, Scott Coleman. So Scott noted, among everybody else that did as well, that doing it now is kind of one of the pushback things. And I agree with that, by the way. Um, Mark Bowman, for what it's worth, of MLB.com, reported that Morton agreed to the new deal and the team option, uh, sort of the additional team option, quote, because he got an extension to, and, uh, and to avoid the qualifying offer. And that, quote, there was always mutual interest to extend the relationship. End quote. That could be part of why they did it now, for sure. But I do think that if there is one thing that I I do believe is a totally legitimate, worthwhile criticism and one that I share is that they don't need to do this now. They could have waited three weeks. They could have waited four weeks. They could have waited five weeks. Maybe the Braves thought that Morton might not give them the benefit of that team option 24 if they were to to wait. Maybe they thought that he might retire and and really wanted him to stay for that security or whatever. But there isn't a ton of upside to doing it now, unless they want to just think that the 2024 club option has huge value, which I don't really believe. It has some value, but huge value, no. Of course, this is a guy who broke his leg last year in the playoffs and still came back and pitched at a reasonable level this year, no matter what people might panic and say about how bad he was this year he wasn't bad you can certainly do the levels of good um is sort of a semantics conversation about whether he was quote unquote bad this year I don't believe he was by any stretch of the imagination he had some moments that were bad for sure lots lots of home runs but I do think that there is this is a shift of risk basically the Braves are taking on more risk by doing this now versus a month from now because again, they could have just picked up the pick up the club option if they wanted to do that for next year in a month from now. Because look, I'm knocking on wood now as I'm talking to you. If Morton suffers an elbow injury or a shoulder injury in the playoffs uh, and can't pitch next year, you've now committed 20 million dollars to a guy who can't pitch for you, and you didn't have to do that until a month from now. Now there's always risk of injury, but this is playoff intensity. This is there's you know they're, you're you're pitching him in real situations. And while well, I know there's some Braves fans that don't want to see him in the playoffs. He's pitching in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure about that, especially when you throw in Strider's uncertainty right now, which we'll come back to on a Sunday show. But Morton is a piece of the playoff roster, and if something were to happen to him that cost him time next year, that's part of this calculus as well. But I do agree that the major issue, if I had one, would be doing the deal now rather than waiting. That is not something that I love. I'm sure we'll get an explanation for why it happened now. And maybe it's just as simple as locking him in and getting that club option. But um, that is the part that I definitely would agree with. If you're not loving this move, that's my biggest pushback at this point in time. I'm going to sign off now, but I will leave you with this. It is entirely possible that Charlie Morton at the age of 39 next year might struggle. And if that happens, the deal won't look great. I will definitely acknowledge that. There is some downside here. No question about it. Um, is there more downside than another pitcher that you're paying one year, $20 million? Maybe a little because of the age stuff and this year's performance, but even then I'm not sure there's like that much more downside. It's also entirely possible that I actually have a full off season to recover and train in a way he didn't last year after breaking the leg. And he won't have the terrible April and he can deliver a two and a half or three or three and a half win season next year. That's closer to two years ago. And that would return value on $20 million while providing stability and not costing long-term risk. So, like, is there a ton of upside here? No, there isn't. Because even at Morton's, you know, realistic best at age 39, he probably is a $30 million pitcher next year. Versus, uh, he can't... I don't, I don't think Charlotte Morton has, has a Jacob DeGrom season in him where he's, he's going to go out there and win the Cy Young next year. But... There's a little bit of value potentially, um, and there's clearly an organizational bond. Like you could downplay that, I probably would on some level, but it seems like the Braves just want Charlie around, and I think that's part of this as well. The rotation has the potential to be really, really good next year again, and it's kind of like this year in a way that was unplanned. The reality is, going into next season, barring something changing in the coming days, Morton is your fourth starter. Like they have Max Freed, who is a certified ace. You have Special Strider, who has been pitching at a Cy Young level, literally a Cy Young level this year. And then you have Kyle Wright, who is the league leader in wins. And like, that doesn't mean that much to me, but he's just obviously pitched well this season. And look, even with Morton having a quote unquote down season, the Braves at this very moment have the number six fan war among starting pitchers for the season in the majors, not in the National League, in the majors that is pretty impressive when you remember that the fifth starter spot has been an adventure all year long. That's also worth noting as well. Like, yeah, you probably can't bank on Strider being this good all the time, but, like, those guys are really good, man. Wright, Freed, Strider, really good. Um, I think you'll probably get more out of your fifth spot next year based on it being, you know, Bryce Elder, or Kyle Muller even, or Signe X um, versus Odorizzi and what they pieced together this year, and I'm not even like the biggest Odorizzi, Odorizzi hater or anything like that. So, anyway... It's a good problem to have. If Charlie Morton is your four starter, you're in good shape. I know I'm prone to kind of just boiling things down to simple statements, but I do believe that in full force. If you were to compare Charlie Morton to the number four starter on basically any team in the league, um, 20 out of 30 teams, however you want to say it, he is notably better than a four starter for most teams. He's only better. He's only better than the third starter for most teams. So that's that's even if you can certainly accuse me of being too high on Charlie Morton, I'll own that. But he also has a strong playoff resume. He has a career 3.35 the ERA, a 3.24 ERA for the Braves last year in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I feel pretty good. Again, am I doing cartwheels? No. Is this a home run move? No. Is this a move that I hate? No, basically. So I understand Braves fans pushing back a little bit. I think in general, that comes down to uh, me being uh, a little bit more favorable to what Morton has done this season than most. But I, I tend to look at the landscape of the league and take into account... What the price is for a pitcher as solid, even as Morton has been this year versus even previous years. So anyway, I've said too much. I've gone too long on this in-game emergency episode on this Friday, September 30th. So we'll have more on this topic with Sean Coleman on the Daily Hammer. And I'm sure I'll talk to the boys about that on Sunday afternoon slash evening. I, I, actually, this, this week is an evening show because the night game is happening. So. Sunday night show, we'll have some more about Charlie Morton. I'm sure maybe less from me and more of my co-hosts, but we'll have full coverage of the weekend series with the Braves and the Mets as of this recording. I don't know who's going to win this game tonight, so uh, you have more information than I do probably to listen to this show, but please, please, please subscribe to the podcast. If you're a new listener, it is not usually just me, so if you hated this solo format, my apologies, uh, but we have four shows on this podcast feed. uh, The flagship with myself, Scott, and Eric on a weekly basis. And then more than that during the playoffs, we have the Daily Hammer with Sean Coleman four or five times a week. Sean's doing a fantastic job with that shorter daily bite-sized show. We have a Deeper Dive podcast called The Podcast to Be Named Later with Chris Willis, our founding father, as well as Stephen Tolbert. And then we have, the, in my mind, the best minor league coverage on the internet of the Atlanta Braves, and that is the Road to Atlanta podcast in podcast form. And then on the written side, Eric Cole heads up all that stuff. We have great stuff on the, on the prospect side as well. So please subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Enjoy a big weekend of baseball, and we'll see you all next time.